Welcome to the Human Nurture Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Brand, and this is the first half of a full-length couple clinical interview. What is a couple clinical interview? Well, it's an interview with an actual couple. And in this season of the podcast, I am looking at how does a couple's therapist learn to do their job? And we are doing that through listening to actual couples. So before we get started, a few things that you should know. First of all, this is for information and entertainment. No one listening to this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content of this podcast without first seeking appropriate professional advice and or counseling, nor shall the information be used as a substitute for professional advice or counseling. Sound quality on this episode is not great. If you listen to future episodes about this couple, I fill in some of the gaps of what might have been hard to hear but I apologize in advance for the uneven or hard-to-understand places. So for this episode, I interviewed Bart and Susan, a middle-aged couple who are together two and a half years, and they are engaged to be married. They described their challenge as being about money, work, and time. And these challenges came to the surface around Bart's financial situation. About a year ago, he revealed a considerable debt and a dire business situation, and describes it, as you'll hear in the episode, as walking on a tightrope. Susan was surprised by Bart's financial disclosure and wants greater security and predictability for their present and future. Bart feels like he's trying to get back on track and describes how he shuts down when they try to engage about money, time, and work. Clearly, Bart and Susan care deeply about each other, and they're working hard to sync up their sense of safety and security in their couple relationship. I was moved and touched by their story and so appreciate their willingness to come forward. Okay, just to get you grounded for this particular episode, I had an introductory conversation with Bart and Susan that was about 45 minutes long. That was not recorded, and I just kind of got to know them and made sure that we were all on the same page about the podcast. Well, it turns out that that conversation had stirred up quite a bit, and our couple clinical interview that was scheduled for a week later had to be postponed today. And in that day that things had been postponed, they had repaired what had been a very difficult week. And that's what you're going to hear them refer to as the blow up that had happened and the repair that had been done. So that is going to help you to just get a sense of what happened beforehand. I think that's everything you need to know. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you got questions, don't hesitate to reach out. And here we go. Let's start with the tender moment that was happening. Um, we were just trying to a little bit revisit where we were at on Thursday night because we were talking. Once we had, I would say, kind of our, our blow up, then we got to some of the core issues and core feelings. And um, I was trying to summarize that, which isn't always so easy because I tend to put things in boxes and put them away. So I was opening that up and yeah, it was just, it was um, not easy to, to talk about, I guess, you know? Okay. I, I feel like when, some, when we have our worst arguments, it's around our deepest wounds, of course, and that we go through this painful, unproductive trajectory and then finally end 
in this vulnerable, more open place where we get to some of the core issues, but we're so exhausted and we've gone through so much pain to get there that it, what I believe is that we leave those conversations and I feel hopeful like, oh, it's finally on the table. We can talk about it. And then I think it's sort of a safe place to go, but it's not. And I think Bart has lots of boxes. I have none. Mm-hmm. We have this sort of like saying that mm-hmm. he's like, got all these containers in there and you know the worst you know the world could be falling apart and he can fall asleep at night and <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i am the opposite and so anyway mm-hmm. he everything away in the boxes and and i and i think something's out finally out of the box and it causes a lot of it's still a danger zone so mm-hmm. i was trying to say before this session are we oh, yeah, I are, those. can we go into some of that material or are we going to stay mm-hmm. Do we need to stay in a safer zone? Hmm. Okay. And what did you guys, uh, what did you come up with? Well, I think we were, we decided, you know, we want to try to go there and uh, keep it open as, as much as possible. Okay. So the keep it open, you're, you're the box guy, Bart. Um, and is that, was, was, did, do you know if Susan had any hesitations about keeping it open or, or was that really what she was wanting? Do you, do you have a sense of that? Uh, well, I would say in general, she would want to keep it open, except for the fear of confrontation. But I think once it's open, then that goes down or is in a, a softer place and able to talk about it and try to work through it. See if I got this right, Bart, that um, that she likes the open, but the confrontation, not so much. Or were you talking about, I couldn't tell if you were talking about yourself or about Susan there um definitely like she would i would say love the open conversation you know working through it and not the obviously the confrontation that that sometimes you know obviously comes from the the feelings that it brings up or you know just the reaction i guess that it brings up okay does that check out with you susan that i think generally speaking you have more of a fear of confrontation than i do but i have i um, can have a really, I can unravel pretty quickly around Bart's expression of anger sometimes. And so I have become fearful. Susan, what happens to Bart when he gets angry? I mean, it sounds like the boxes, I'd imagine it has something to do with the boxes getting, um, sort of things getting out of the boxes. Um, <clears throat> I, if, if I were to just, dis- shall I describe what I think brings it up? Is that- uh, sure, both. That, 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 that seems like a good place to start. Go ahead. Well, I think what brings it up is when I am touching on areas that what we both <clears throat> have come to know, I think, is a deep wound for Bart is feelings of inadequacy and like he can't keep everybody happy. And um when I, when I touch on that area, there are times when it goes well and we can have a good conversation, but there, I would say more often than not, it does not. And this, this is definitely related to the issues that we were talking about in our first meeting with you. And I have really <clears throat> come to identify that I, how do I say, like, if, if, I, if I try to talk about some of those issues directly, it often doesn't go well. And then I resort to either not saying anything at all or more, more often I become very much the critical parent, which just okay. makes, makes all 
makes everything worse. <laughs> okay. Let's um, do a trial balloon here. Bart, um, it sounds like be, before we started talking, the two of you um, had a moment where you were describing kind of one of the, one of the realizations or some of the realizations or some of the understanding that you came to after this, this big argument that the two of you had. Can you, can you um, turn to Susan and let, and let me hear one of those, not all of them, but just one, one area where you thought, okay, I got some clarity here um, about something. And, um, and, and let, let, let's just see how that goes. Well, I think that uh, the one thing that was very hard and emotional to talk about was the feeling of inadequacy in the terms of time and things that need to be done and how that I think negatively affects how you perceive that. Like I, the way I said it and the way I was feeling it was that you were, you felt like it was, uh, the relationship wasn't first. It was kind of, a, oh, I'm here, but I'm not really here. I can't find the word exactly at the moment, but that's what I felt after we talked about it more. I do think there is a tug of war going on inside a lot of times for me, but I also cherish, you know, like the time that we spend together and the things that we do, you know, that I often put those on the top of the list, but that doesn't mean that there's not other things tugging, you know, it's, it's still there. And I don't know how to, you know, always put that in a place that's productive. You know, you're very, organized and you have your space and it's clean and it has to be that way before you become productive and for me it's like that feeling of sometimes having accomplished maybe a small token of what is tugging gives me that feeling and that's like very peaceful but it's also really hard to get sometimes it's opening the box and just doing a little bit of what's in that box and then putting it back down before it blows up hold that for a moment if you guys could just keep Keep, I, I just let, I'll just kind of be a, just kind of be talking wallpaper here. So, um, not, you know, at this point, um, if you guys can just settle into each other a little bit. Bart, do you have a sense, you know, based on, well, first of all, it sounds like one thing that happened when you were talking was that you sort of came to this, to a, a realization about doing a little, you know, that doing a little bit feels, that that feels peaceful to you. Um, and that, that sounds like something you just put together in, in your mind. Um, and, and Susan has sort of different expectations around what it means to, to, um, open the box and look at hard things. Um, she wants, she wants more done there. Um, so that sounds like something you came to in, in your mind. Where would Susan want more now? Do you know what, what she would, did you, do you have, were there any clues that you got about where she might want more based on, um, you know, what you just laid out? Well, I would say she'd want more in the idea of uh, feeling seen and heard and confident that the time that we spend together isn't a tug of war, that it's, I'm there present and I'm and I'm hundred percent there. And that if a box is opened, if it's something that needs to be addressed, that we can continue to open it and talk about it and work through it. 
Um, just just so that I can get a sense, because I, I don't know you guys very well. Can can you give me can you give me a specific example of what you're talking about, so that so that I can I can understand it? Well, I think for me, a lot of times it is right now. It feels like we have a lot of projects, which is I would say how I sum up a lot of things that I do with projects. And unfortunately, in my mind and in real life there are a lot of projects that feel undone. I call those my emotional landmines. When I'm feeling maybe inadequate or um, having a hard time, a project oftentimes helps me through that. Doesn't always get to the end though. And I think that's where I feel this tug of war and I want to. get to the end of those and open them up or finish them and feel that sense of accomplishment and feel that sense of relief that that's behind me. And I think that's like the underlying baseline feeling that I Mm. struggle with. Yeah, I I think, and I can go further as they say that Susan has a fear to ask me to do something because she doesn't want to have me feel that way for one, maybe inadequate or also feel overwhelmed. And I love doing things to help us or to be involved in in whatever it is, but it also, there is a a fine line where I do feel sometimes like I can't get it done in time or, or, and that's where I would say communication on my part breaks down and because I don't want to, disappoint her or have conflict looking looking at susan now is this um how is this hard for her is this is you kind of how is she how is she hearing your description of things right now what what do you what do you notice in her what do you know about her right now as you watch i think she's inside feeling like a agreeance and also some hard hard feeling you know things that are triggering i get the sense that she might want to add something to what i'm saying okay (laughs) but uh she's she's not in a totally distressed place but she's feeling something inside so guys if we're looking for kind of um some sort of balance point between unraveling and box and keeping things in boxes how, how does that How does that balance point feel now? I think that Bart is pretty open right now. I think that there are things, there is something I want to say, and I do fear that that, I I fear that that just really pushes um, the pain point around Bart's feelings of inadequacy. Well, why don't don't we try it this way? why don't you, Susan, why don't you um, give Bart a, a clue or a code word that of where you're headed? Let's see what happens if Bart talks about it for a little while before you do and, and see if that has an impact on, on how this goes. I'm curious to see that. You touched on it the other night when you talked about how overwhelmed you feel, I, I think, all the time. And despite 
that COVID removed a lot of the plates that you are normally spinning. You still feel so overwhelmed and so torn. So let's let's pause there. Um, first of all, what Susan, just can you give me a little feedback on what's it like to um, pause yourself, explain something that you that you want more from from Bart about. It's a relief. It's a relief for you. What What's the relief for you? Um, is it Is it be, the, being stopped and having to, to hold it? Or is it in just saying it out loud or both? It's a relief to feel in this moment, like we just made some headway, I think a couple of days ago, and that we're making an agreement to keep that out of the box, at least for this conversation. It's a relief to be told for me not to talk about it and to give Bart space to talk about it. And I really get a get a um, sense in what you're saying of how much you want this to be more out in the open, more frequently, Susan. That, that this is something that it's hard for you to not know where this goes. That that you that that in your own mind, in your own sort of um, private thinking, this this weighs heavily. That is very correct. It feels very a taboo thing that we can't talk about. <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, so, and um, uh, just just looking, just taking a, a glance at Bart. How does he? How's he doing right now in terms of in terms of this? In terms of his? Is he? Is he opening or closing? If we stay with the metaphor. I think he's trying to stay open, but feeling distressed. She write about that, Bart? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Definitely. All right. Stay away from my stuff. So there's the there's a feeling of of stay away from my stuff. Yeah, I, w- I would say that when I, oftentimes when we get into something that's uncomfortable, then I am unable to stay. I would say present or on the outside I tend to go inside and be hard on myself then I lose sight of her and it's really hard so I'm trying to stay in a place where I can keep talking about it not feel inadequate at all is this is this the place part where where frustration can come up where where um where you get where you can get frustrated I think that the anger comes as kind of a final defense system. I don't think I start there. It's down there and it comes up whenever I'm feeling senseless or I don't have anywhere else to go. Just so I have a sense of um, kind of the way this looks is, do you, do you have a sense of what happens to Susan when, when she seeking in a way or, or, or really pursuing kind of the information that, that, that she wants. Do you know what that experience is like for her? Well, I think she feels alone and because she doesn't know, she's, she wants more just communication and whether it's good or bad or indifferent. And that also makes her feel seen and heard, you know, like this is a two-way street, not two separate streets going parallel to each other. Because I'm kind of conflict avoidant, it's hard to, I think, bring up that conflict. It sounds like it sounds like one thing that would be helpful to 
Susan, I don't know if it would be helpful to you or not, Bart, but one thing that would be helpful would be to, to, for you to kind of um, really um, uh, open up some of, some of the feelings of inadequacy um, and talk about them and unpack them a little bit. So I stumbled upon a question there is like, would that be helpful for you, Bart? And um, let's hold that question in mind. Um, and then the other thing that I'm seeing here is that when this conversation gets started, maybe it's the inadequacy thing that happens, Bart, but I don't have a real sense of Susan's, I'd imagine there's a lot more there that happens to her when she's in this sort of um, trying to get information. You know, the, the kind of the, the place that you get to, Bart, where you get sort of feel like um, desperate and you have no choice but for anger at that point, sort of the bottom of the barrel kind of feeling, um, that there must be a whole experience that she has of what it's like to be in that place. And you're quite focused on, on the inadequacy you feel at not being able to give her what she wants. Um, but we don't really have an, a, a good accounting at this point of what that feels like for her to be in that place, regardless of you even actually. I mean, um, because um, you play your part for sure, but, um, but we don't have a good accounting. And I think that, that maybe getting some of that might, might be a better place to start than going straight for um, Bart laying out his inadequacy feelings. Does that make any sense guys? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is that, is that something that you guys um, uh, could try to do? Um, I think it would require, I think what I'd like, the way I'd like to set it up is, is, um, is Bart is to kind of put you more in the driver's seat of finding out what her experience is like. And you can certainly, you know, kind of throw up the red flag if you, if you're feeling like your inadequacy feelings are getting too big as she's saying it. Um, but I'd like to, I'd like you to kind of be in the position of, of finding out more about what that's like for her to be in that place. All right. What does that feel like for you when you are asking me if I did something in your mind thinking that I didn't and you are feeling like you wish it was done? Um, I feel, I feel like I can't trust you and I feel on my own and these themes that you already know but um just that nobody has my back and i've always had to do it all myself and i feel i feel just alone and like i only have myself to rely on it hits very deep-seated stuff for me that is unrelated to you just feeling like i've never had my parents to rely on there were big problems in my family. So the feeling on my own and, and like I have nobody is one very deep, painful place, which has come to not be such a painful place when I am alone. But since sharing our lives together, I it's like that thing. It's, it's more lonely when you're with somebody and feel alone than it is when you're alone and feel lonely. And then the, the other... The other thing that it brings up for me is just that there were glaring, awful things happening in my family when I was growing up and everybody acted like everything was fine and nobody, it, it couldn't ever be talked about. And I was the canary in the mine shaft. I was the, the one who, I never had validation around the things that were obvious problems and, and we all just had to like dance around them and I feel that way around 
some of the things that I think are really deep, painful places for you, like this issue and, and how, it, how it affects our relationship. And I, I don't feel like we all have issues and I don't feel like your issues are unsurmountable, except for that we can't. When, when, I, when my experience is that we can't talk about them, then that feels insurmountable to me. And that's when I stay up all night and try to figure out what to do with all my anxiety and panic. I feel panic and I feel like either I have to I just ignore it and pretend it's not there and figure out how to work around it and just do things myself and not rely on you or try to talk to you about it. But then that often causes a lot of destruction in our relationship. I'm going to slow you guys down here. Susan, where is the, was there, is there, how close is Bart to waving the red flag of, of two, of this is too much? Do you have a sense of that? Maybe two thirds of the way there. Okay. And what tells you that based on just kind of looking at him and knowing him? Just the look in his eyes and the, his face looks very tight and he looks very sad. A lot of stomach growling. Gremlins are there. If you're taking care, if you if you put your focus on on Bart and wanting to both um, kind of have him come forward, but also want him to feel a sense that he has that he's he's not going into not going into the danger zone here. Um, um, well, um, do you, how, how, are you in that spot now? Is there, is there anything that, that you feel like needs to be done in order to, to go either direction, either sort of ask for more or back off? Is there, do you have any sense of that? I'm not sure if this is the direction you want me to go, but what I feel compelled, what I would want to do to offer you some care is to make sure that you know that I have care and love and compassion for you and your vulnerabilities. I see them and I, and I want to be better at, I know you want to be accepted for who you are. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is, this is how I want to offer you some acceptance of who you are. It's, I, I don't want to pretend that you don't have your vulnerabilities. I want to be able to talk about them just like we talk about mine. And I, and I know you need acceptance from me. And I'm trying to say that, that that is part of how I do accept you. Did you follow that, Bart? What, what does she mean by that's how I do accept you? Um. I don't know, she was sitting on some pretty big triggers there for sure. And I think that what I was getting out of that was the communication helps her have the acceptance more or heal closer and more connected and not on her own. And when she feels that way, I think it's probably easier to feel acceptance when I was getting from that. Can I clarify? Go for it. 
I don't think you accept these vulnerable places in yourself. And, and that's part of why it's, it's so hard to, to go there. I'm trying to tell you, I see them and accept them. Susan, do you know what Bart meant by you're sitting on some pretty big triggers right now? Yes, I think it's, I think my guess would be, I think it's really painful for Bart to hear that I can feel alone and on my own and unsupported because he does try really hard in our relationship. And, and, I, and I do know that our relationship is really important to him. And I think when I share that I can feel sort of my, my stuff, which I had long before Bart of feeling just on my own in the world, I think that very directly hits your place of feeling inadequate. He's agreeing with that. Wait, but two things are mashed together here. One is this this image of you at night, sort of, you know, with the, feeling very anxious, um, and and I could really see as you as you play it back um, how that would elicit feelings of inadequacy in Bart. That, um, but then there's the other part that's there, which is that this was something that you felt long before Bart. This is something you know about yourself, and I wonder if that. Does, how would that trigger the feeling of inadequacy in him? Um, well, I do think that's relevant, and I've owned that from the beginning of our relationship. Totally relevant, totally relevant. But I, but I guess we're talking specifically about his feeling of overwhelm and and the sitting, you know, that you're sitting on a trigger, and it sounds like. I mean, I'm trying. The thing I'm trying to understand is the. It's certainly I got that sit, that one of the triggers that you were sitting on was explaining your state of distress and him being unaware that that's happening. That certainly makes sense. I don't know if a trigger is his is when you talk about your past experience. That part I don't. That that I'm still confused about. Does that is that a trigger or not? Do you want to talk on that part? I don't feel like that is. Um as she's talking about it and I'm, I'm actually really feeling a lot of compassion and understanding towards that. I do think that I probably lose sight of that though in some other, when there's maybe something on top of that or, or brought up and I, I understand now as she, well, as she explains it, how it, uh, they're connected and how that's a deep down, it's like her deep down trigger or, you know, root and things that are she's feeling towards the relationship or us is it's tapping down into that root but it's not necessarily the it's not the the thing that's on the surface it's it's something between us you know and 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 kind of just stirring that I would say it's the same with the inadequacy mind's very rooted as well I don't feel that when you're sitting here talking about it I feel more compassion and just you know general sadness you know in that situation and understanding i have some relation relate i can relate actually to some of that too you know but i wasn't the canary i was more like you know the person that tried to keep the calm and just stay stay the course when we're talking about it in a more our relationship terms is when it gets more triggering because i have that feeling of want to give 100 percent to us and try and i feel good about that most of that yeah. but it's hard to deal with the, whenever I feel a sense that you don't feel that someone say you're wrong or you're 
on your own, you know, those are good ones for me. For sure, kind of hurts. My initial reaction is I don't want you to feel that way. I, I obviously I can't take that feeling away. That's one. One me, not that. Okay, well, that's a good place to leave it. This is halfway through the couple clinical interview with Barton Susan. Tune into the next episode to hear the second half and some follow up episodes that will explore this interview from a bunch of different angles and perspectives. The producer on the Barton Susan series is my good colleague, Carolyn Sharp. Shout out to her. Thanks again to Barton Susan for participating. And we will let Ava Ariel take us out with her original song, Mexico, available on Spotify. Thanks to Ava for letting us use it. Take it back or let me go. It's better if I tell you so. I heard you once before and I'll do it again. Never. I heard it's the place to